Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Today we're on Season 5, Episode 3, The Accurate Conception. Uh, yes, we will have a lot to discuss on this episode. Uh, so, this episode originally aired on uh, October 14th of 1989. So why don't we find out what else happened in history on that day? Well, once again, this was another very light day in history. Um... First event in 1982, then-President Ronald Reagan announces his disastrous War on Drugs plan. Uh, and our most recent event on October 14th of 2018, uh, flash flooding in the Oud, or Aude, possibly, region in France kills at least 10. Uh, so that is our history lesson for today. Okay. Yeah, so why don't you tell us what transpires in this Interesting edition of the Golden Girls. Very interesting. Yeah. Scene one, we're in the kitchen. Sophia's cooking something and Rose is in there. Blanche enters and says that they already have breakfast ready. Yeah, Blanche says that her and Becky, that's her daughter, were up most of the night just talking. Dorothy enters and wonders why Sophia is still there as she had an appointment with a doctor for this morning. Sophia is scared and doesn't want to go to her appointment. Blanche is taking some breakfast out to the lanai so she and Becky can do more bonding. Yes, now I have one question here. Now, again, I'm not familiar with this scenario that Blanche and the daughter are in at this point here. But what can you possibly spend all night discussing? What are you two talking about all night long? Like, have they not seen each other for 20 years and Rebecca's given her, like, a day-by-day a -day account of, okay, well, on June 14th of 1975, here's what I did. I went to Walmart and then I uh, saw this cute dude in the checkout line, so I tried to pick him up. It didn't go well. So, like, what are they doing? What could they discuss all night? Well, like, it, there can't be that much to catch up on. I mean, do because she here. isn't this the one that came back earlier in the series too? Yeah, this one she was here earlier in the series, so just being funny here. Okay, they might be talking how Becky has changed from one actor to another actor. Okay, uh, that oh one because right a different this actress. is cause, uh, they this could, is the same daughter that um, the last was time she was overweight to be last a model, time and she came back and yeah, had she was an, overweight and abusive awful uh boyfriend, boyfriend. right okay yes. this is that character so okay. they could be discussing how she lost the weight and all that stuff i mean and that was only like a couple seasons uh, ago uh, yeah season three episode 14 when she was there last time so i mean that's only been two years well well um uh, i don't know this this show Every episode's like could be like months, months after the last one. It could be sometimes. But, um, so I don't know what you talk about all night. I know they weren't talking about you know the Miami Dolphins football team all night. Uh, well, Blanche might be, but I don't know what you talk about all night like that. Okay. Uh, for yeah, and then <laughs> we're gonna do saw each other two two years right, ago. and then we're gonna do more bonding like. What are you going to do? 
Okay. What are you guys going to do? Go out to the well, spa we'll and have yeah, manicures and get some facials? What are you doing here? All right. Scene two. We're on the lanai with Blanche and Becky. They're getting along fine and telling each other everything. So Becky tells Blanche that she is getting impregnated on Monday. She is going to a sperm bank and get artificially inseminated. Blanche responds weirdly, in my opinion. Why would you do something like this just to hurt me? Okay, I don't quite... But Becky's clock is ticking. Finish, finish this scene and then we can start. <laughs> so Becky's clock is ticking and she doesn't want to wait until she is married. As, as she may not even get married. Blanche wants her to wait until Blanche is dead and maybe the whole family is dead. <laughs> Apparently, Becky has been there for a week already, and they've gotten so close, she thought she could tell Blanche anything. They talk a little more, and Blanche storms off. Okay. Okay. Now. You're going to get me. I don't know. Okay. That's fine. Now. I have a long paragraph uh, written out about Okay. about my thoughts on, on this main conceit, which we just saw laid out here, which is Blanche feels that if Becky gets artificially inseminated, that she, that Rebecca is bringing shame upon the family or something like that, right? Which is a very, Apparently. which is a very Asian concept here that Blanche is kind of going on with here. Yeah, but says, why are you going to do this to hurt me? Right. Now, I'm sure you can't answer why. Why would Blanche... What's the rationalization here in Blanche's head? That because it's not like... The, the, the only thing I could think of is... Now, on the one hand, I'll actually... I'll read most of my paragraphs. Okay. So now, on the one hand, I do kind of get... Blanche's like concern uh, over Becky willingly making herself a single parent. I get that and understand and sympathize that. That's a very minor part that Blanche brings up, but I I sort of understand that one. I get that one. But I also find you know this you know disgust at the idea of being artificially inseminated quite bizarre. Uh, and ridiculous, and also the the whole betraying the family thing. Very ridiculous. Thank you. Uh, now, later on in this episode, we haven't got there yet, but Blanche will state that uh, no man would possibly want to marry Becky because she has a child is patently untrue. Well, yeah. Very inaccurate. That is so true. Yeah. Now, yeah, there will be a large swath of men who might go, no, no, sorry, no. But there's going to be still a lot that are like, oh, that's fine, whatever, sure, fine, whatever. Uh, now, also, this is another issue I have. Okay. Why is Becky, it seems, this may not be the case, but it seems in this episode that her, this is her first plan of action. Other than, you know, the normal, natural, meet-a-man way, right? This seems to have been her first course of action. Now, I don't know my, you know, reproductive health history very well. So is 
freezing her egg, not an option at this point? I would think that's probably not an option. That's not around yet. Okay, so then... It might be around. It might be too expensive. Maybe. Okay. And she wants the kid now. Maybe not in 10 years. Sure. Did she not consider adoption? That's my other issue here. I'm going to guess she probably considered that. Okay, and she decided she may not have felt the same towards a kid if it wasn't a she wants kid. She wants at least a half biologically her child. Okay. Would be my guess. She wants a biological... Okay. She wants one biologically hers or a newborn, too. That's the other thing. Yeah. Here, so like, she so she, she really wants a newborn that is biologically her kid. Okay. Because I was like, why wouldn't you have at least went to an adoption agency and checked it out? Like, She probably did. Like, okay. And to get a newborn at adoption, uh, I do know one girl who did that, but she had to go to China to get the kid. And right, so it's sure. a Chinese girl, uh, maybe Becky didn't want that. Okay, now the other thing is, Blanche goes on and on in this episode about how artificial insemination is like the work of Satan, basically, or something. Yeah. Well, I get that part. When okay. we get to that part, I understand the, <laughs> the, that part of it. But okay. I'm wondering, if Becky was married, and her husband, for whatever reason, is unable to get her pregnant himself, and they had to go this route then... Is Blanche still going to have this same issue if she learns that that's how the pregnancy occurred? Like, is she going to have the same issue when it's she, Becky's married? Yeah, I would but, say yes. Yes, so we think the issue is entirely the process. The process, yes. And not necessarily the and not the end result, right? Yes. Okay. That's what I'm guessing. Okay. It's all guess. Right. And then my last question on this matter. Uh, if Becky was doing the exact opposite here, which is stating that she is very adamantly does not want to have children at all, what's Blanche's position at that point? I'm guessing Blanche is, is it probably the same? fine with that. You think Blanche is cool with not having grandchildren? Yeah, because I don't think she likes being thought of as, as a, a grandmother. Okay. That could be. Yes, I think Blanche does... She does not like being thought of as a grandmother. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Do I have any other questions at this point? Her ego is very... Right, 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 right. right. You know, I'm only 39. Right. Even at 39, you can be a grandmother. Anyway, Um, that's what I Well, yeah, that would take a... That would be a bit wild, but theoretically, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, sure, continue. I think that's all I have for now. All right, scene three, we're in the kitchen. Blanche is getting food out of the refrigerator, puts the food on the table, where there is already a bunch of food. Dorothy comes in, then Rose enters, then Sophia, yes, it is the middle of the night. Blanche tells the other three what Becky is going to do. She waited till the middle of the night to tell them. All right, the three girls... Don't really move at all for a while, they keep thinking. But then Rose and Dorothy seem to not like the ideal either. Then Rose says it may not be too bad. She has heard you can buy the sperm of Nobel Prize winners. uh, Or was it Star Search winners? Uh, She doesn't know. Then Rose goes into a story about animals being artificially inseminated on the farm. 
Dorothy stops her before she gets too far into the story, thank goodness. Blanche says it isn't right for no father for the baby and no fun in trying to get there. Right. Yes, now. There you go. That's what I think Blanche's main issue is. And I think the other girls, too, with the with the uh, process of artificial insemination here, which is that... There's no father. There's... Well, I don't... Th- and I, no fun. That's the part. I don't know if Blanche really cares about the single parent thing. That's never really brought up, so I don't think Blanche cares about that part, because she never really brings that one up. Right. I think Blanche's main issue here, really, is that her daughter's not having sex. That's her main issue here, I think. And that's what I think all of their issues Uh, is, is that she's not having sex at all here, basically, to result in a child or for pleasurable reasons. Yeah. I think that's their main issue, which is pretty interesting. I'm sorry. I find it interesting because, like, well, because, right... The show, the Golden Girls as a show, for most of its run, tries to position itself as, for the time, a very sexually progressive and sex-positive show. In comparison to modern, not so much. But, for its time, it's trying to position itself a lot of the time as forward-thinking when it comes to sexual issues, relationships... Health, all that stuff. All that, yes. So, for essentially, as far as I can tell, the main crux of this episode being situated on the girls are repulsed at the idea of someone having a kid and not having sex on the way to that kid. Yes. I find very interesting. Huh. Because I think what that is doing is showing us that the girls are kind of on board with a pleasure-only sexual relationship, well, yeah, of course. which is very unusual for this time, oh. I'm thinking. Okay. Because if they're solely concerned, like I think a lot of the time at this time, most of the stuff being talked about in terms of a sexual relationship is, as long as it results in a kid, it's... That's the only way that it's fine. Whereas on this show, and we had kind of, we had these earlier too, obviously with like every relationship Blanche has, but also with like uh, the episode where Dorothy is technically having an affair with that married dude, where all all they were concerned about is having a sexual pleasure, pleasurable sexual relationship, and that for the girls to now want purely that and not care about the child part of it, I find very interesting because that's a very unusual stance to take, even today, of the child part does not matter. If you result in a child, good for you. It doesn't matter, though. We're only concerned about the pleasure on the way to it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that's a very interesting huh. stance to take, I think. Okay. I do find it bizarre, this episode, mostly just on the whole Blanche's betraying the family thing. Uh, yeah. But maybe. yeah, the part I'm talking about here I find very interesting. Huh. Okay. Well, at this point, Sophia tells the story of Dorothy's conception. 
And then Rose goes into telling when all her children were conceived. And then Dorothy tells of when she was conceived. Yeah. Um, of when she conceived. She conceived. Yes. Now, I would like to bring up this too. This is something I think you could only do at this period of time on TV. Just Dorothy casually mentions Stan raped her. Yes. Just casually. Just casually. And it's not even like stopped and like, wait, what? She just says it and we move on. It's not addressed at all. It is not addressed. Which is the kind of thing the this time period only and previous this I think you could have done because I don't think you wrote it down exactly but Dorothy says something about like I she was completely unconscious during the time and that when she finally came to she realized Stan had had you know impregnated her yes and that he must have slipped or something yes so we basically just trivially bring up Dorothy was raped as a 17-year-old. Yeah. Well, I mean, the age part doesn't really matter much on that no. front, but still. No. But that's what it does it, sound like. Um, yes. It's not sounds like. It explicitly but, is that. There's no way that that is not what happens here. She's given us different stories about this Yes. Many a times, but yes. Yes, but for one of the versions of this story to be casually, oh, he raped me, basically, Yes, is Um, very not cool, obviously, but very troubling. All she says is, I was totally unconscious. Uh Uh-huh. When I came to, there was Stan carving a notch in his dashboard. And then Sophia says, I never bought that unconscious story. Okay, and that's... That's also troubling, but... Um, that's it. I mean, yeah. It's... Well, she does say she he must have slipped me something in there too, right? Well, yeah. She says, well, he must have slipped me something. And, and Sophia says, apparently. Well, okay. So we know what she's thinking. Well, yeah. Sophia means his, his dick. But, uh, um, but yes, that's... The way Dorothy states it there so is... It was a date rape. Yes. yes. Now... This is another question I have on a separate matter, which, um, so carving a notch into your dashboard, can you explain this to me? I know what the point here is, right? Which is Stan's trying to keep track of how many different women he's had sex with Uh in his car. Yes. So was this a thing at the time? Was this something people people did? Okay. I don't know if they really carve a notch in their dashboard. Sure. Uh, now, from what we know of Stan, are we to believe he thought he was super hot as a teenager? Yes. He's okay. Still, when he's 50 here, he still right. thinks he, he's hot. He so. thinks he's a hottie, right. He um, still thinks that. Right. Um, most people from way back then that I remember, it's you're, you're putting a notch in your belt. I don't know if I ever heard carving a notch in your dashboard. Dashboard, Okay. Most of us liked our cars, and we weren't going to tear up our car that way. <laughs> sure. Now, though, also, I must say here, now, this is just, I guess, Stan's wild brain, right? But we constantly hear about how, like, Dorothy is essentially, like, the 
hunchback of Notre Dame in her high school, right? Yes. So does Stan think that, oh, because I can get with her, I'm super hot stuff here? Like, is he not aware that, oh, Dorothy's apparently thought of as, like, the most repulsive human being in this school? Well, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I can't. I wouldn't try and get into Stan's brain. Sure, okay. (laughs) I would just like to mention again... Casually, Dorothy mentions that her first rape. child was conceived uh, via rape. Yes. Casually, and no one addresses that. No one addresses that, actually. Basically. Yeah, and that slipped by me, kind of, because, I mean, well, she's given so many stories about this, it's hard to know which one's true. Well, even that this would have been an option in the writer by for the writer to put in is... Is, is insane. Yes. But this was even an option that the writer thought of and actually put in the episode. Scene four. We're in the living room. Uh, Dorothy and Sophia are on the couch. Becky enters from the front door and wants to know where her mother is. She may be in her room, as she mentioned, having a headache. Blanche does come out and feels better. There's more discussion. This time we get some single parents talk. Then Blanche says if Becky continues doing this, she will do it by herself. And Becky says, fine. Yeah, I think she was. She uh, kind of figured that, I'd, I think. I was going to do it myself anyway. Yeah. Says, fine, if that's the way Blanche wants it, she will lose both Becky and the new grandchild. Becky leaves and seems to turn as she left. Seems like she turned into Sophia's bedroom, but that's no big deal. Scene five, we're in the kitchen. Well, that's probably where she's staying, and Sophia's probably with Dorothy or something, right? I would think they'd stay in uh, Blanche's room there. Oh, well, who knows? I mean... They stayed up all night talking. Okay, anyway, scene five, we're in the kitchen. Rose and Sophia. Sophia is cooking again. Dorothy comes in and tells Sophia that she scheduled her another physical. We get more talk about that. Blanche enters and she is tired from not sleeping well. Becky comes in and tells the girls that there is a sperm bank close to them. Becky thinks maybe if Blanche sees one, she will change her mind. Dorothy and Rose will also come along. And Sophia is going along and she is quite happy about it. Yeah, what does Sophia think she's walking into? Well, like, no, Sophia's very happy. Like this, about this. Like, I, I was trying to figure it out. It's like, does Sophia think that this is like, like a, a giant farm with like men strapped to the walls, nude, and you can just kind of like walk up and hit a button and you know get, receive a deposit from them? You know, like, I is that what know. Sophia thinks she's walking into? Is this building filled with a bunch of nude men ready to ejaculate on command, basically? If it was, I think Blanche would be into that one. Uh, <laughs> well, no, see, because, again, Blanche is very clearly about the process, not the result. Well, that's true. So, if it was that's essentially true. a high-class brothel... Yeah, she would be. That was stocked with all no male workers. That. Blanche would be on board. Uh, I don't know what But Sophia's I think thinking. Sophia thinks this is just going to be a bunch of nude men ready to ejaculate on command that she's walking into, I think. At age 80-something. I mean, uh, that would be a sight to behold, to be fair to Sophia. That would be a, a sight oh, to she see. She would love that. I'm yeah. sure she would love it. Jeez. Yeah, that that yeah. I mean, that would be an interesting thing to go witness in person. But um, I don't know... <laughs> What else she could be thinking that she's going to go see? I don't either. So at scene six, though, we're in the sperm bank. Yes, the elevator opens and Becky, Blanche, and Rose get off the elevator. Blanche thinks all the bad thoughts she can because they went to the fifth floor, the sperm floor. 
like everyone in the elevator was looking at us and giving us dirty thoughts. And Okay, they have an appointment with Dr. Manning and need to fill out some paperwork and will be called when he is ready. Okay, Dorothy and Sophia. Well, well I understand Blanche's uh, thought here because um, in more rural or conservative areas of the country, it's like of the U.S. here, like if you're a vagina haver or not even, and you go to like a Planned Parenthood, even you know, even though that's that's a place that's mostly known for its abortions, even though that's a very small percentage of what they do, uh, you know, you get that those kind of looks from people that are going to see you walking yeah. into it, even though yes. it's like I'm going to get a free STD check to make sure that I don't have HIV. That's what I'm going here for. Yes, or I'm going here because I need some condoms for tonight and I can't go anywhere else to get yes. them because of so, other reasons. Yes. So I get Blanche's point with that. It's yes. a it's a terrible point that she had that that well, is a I thing. Think it is, but, but yes. I get why Blanche would think that's what the other people are thinking. Yes. <laughs> uh Dorothy and Sophia now exit the elevator, and they apparently just came from Sophia's doctor's examination. So Rose tells a story about sperm lemon outside the body, which shows us again how Rose thinks. Blanche says she has waited long enough, and she is leaving, though they've only been there like a minute. Though right then the doctor is ready to see them, and all five ladies go to the office. Very quick wait. That's the kind of doctor's office we yeah, need more of. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Uh-huh. Scene seven, we're in the doctor's office. And my question anyway is, she's already got this appointment apparently with another doctor for Monday to do the actual, you know, the insemination. Mm-hmm. And if they're just going here to, you know, satisfy Blanche on what occurs, why are they filling out paperwork and what... We're just going, we want you to tell Blanche here what goes on. They fill out paperwork? When do they do that? Uh, when they first get there, they stop at that desk, and the nurse there says, fill out paperwork, and they'll be called when he is ready. Well, you do that with every doctor visit, right? You like have to fill out the, okay, this is my name, sex here's why i'm here or something but you know uh, you have to fill out that dumb paperwork every time you go so i assume it's just that Uh, they're in the doctor's office we're at the end of their appointment already even if you're just there for a consultation visit i would think i guess i because this is just a consultation basically hopefully it's not a okay have you had any of these diseases have you had any of these problems yes or no i would think that'd be on there um, but anyway, at the end of this, they're at the end of the appointment. The doctor is finishing up and asks if there are any questions. Of course, Blanche does, and not quite questions about the procedure, but mostly what are they doing there. Blanche is very upset and leaves right after asking what the others would feel like if they were going to have a test tube for a son-in-law. Uh, the others leave, but Sophia does ask the doctor if they have any Tony Bennett Socked away mm-hmm. before Dorothy rushes her out. What's Sophia's plan here? Like, she knows she can't get pregnant. I think she's going to start a collection at her house. She's going to start a semen collection. You know, like shot glasses or 
beer stein. She's gonna she's gonna collect <laughs> sperm samples. Yes. Okay. I'm guessing. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but scene eight, we're on the lanai. Blanche is on the lounge chair. The other three girls rush out there, and Dorothy tells her that Becky is getting ready to leave to go to the airport. Blanche sounds like she will stay on the lanai, but Dorothy and Rose actually talk some sense into Blanche, and. Becky comes out and Blanche sounds like she has turned a leaf a little. And the four girls hug as this episode comes to an end. Oh, yeah. God. So, um, I don't know. Uh, so cultural references, firstly. Um, Pavlov's dogs are brought up, which are the dogs uh, Pavlov trained, uh, which is known now as classical conditioning. Uh, which is, you know, any a learning response in which a biologically potent stimulus, such as food or something else, or, well, it was food in the dog case, uh, is paired with a previously neutral stimulant in the dog case, a bell. And so the dog would notice, would learn that any time a bell was rung, that food was going to come to them. Um, egg creams uh, are a cold beverage consisting of milk, carbonated water, and flavored syrup, typically chocolate or vanilla. And despite the name, uh, the drink contains neither eggs nor cream. Uh, so, yeah, it's just milk, soda water, and syrup. So, like, I, I don't know. That must be good. Uh, a Nobel Prize uh, is, I think, I'm sure we've discussed before, uh, is a set of annual international awards bestowed in several categories by Swedish and Norwegian institutions in recognition of academic, cultural, or scientific advances. Uh, they were established in 1895 through the will of Swedish scientist Alfred Nobel. Uh, Star Search was an American TV show that aired from 1983 sorry, uh, through 2005 four on and off uh, various years there for a while. Um, it was a um, talent show, essentially, uh, in which contestants competed in several genres of entertainment. Um, and here it's noted that it was originally filmed at the Earl Carroll Theater, which is now known as the Nickelodeon Theater on Sunset Boulevard. Um, I think Sophia talks about that... Um, her and Sal, they, they bring up public sex again because, like, Sophia's story is that uh -huh. her and Sal went at it behind the, the yep. sausage and pepper stand yep. or something at the San Gennaro Festival yep. in New York. So, uh, now, as far as I could find, there is nothing actually known as the San Gennaro Festival. There is, however, the Feast of San Gennaro, uh, which is an Italian-American festival uh, it was originally a one-day religious commemoration. Uh, the festival was first celebrated in the U.S. in September of 1926. So I guess we'd have to do the math if that would track for, I guess that would actually be probably fine, right? Yeah. Yep, okay. Uh, when immigrants from Naples congregated along Mulberry Street in Little Italy section of Manhattan, uh, to continue the tradition they had followed in Italy to celebrate St. Januarius, the patron saint of Na Naples. Uh, so it's just a big uh, feast, a big food festival type deal. 
Uh, Tony Bennett um, is an American singer of pop standards, big band, show tunes, and jazz. Uh, he is also a painter, having created works under the name Anthony Benedetto. Very good uh, <laughs> alias there. Tony Bennett, Anthony Benedetto, I guess, sure. <laughs> and then are on permanent public display in several institutions. He is also the founder of the Frank Sinatra School of the Arts in Astoria, Queens. Uh, that's all of our si uh, cultural references. So our side characters, uh, Rebecca is played by Deborah Engel, uh, most known for her appearance as Rebecca here. She will appear two more times later in the series uh, as well. Uh, also, Dream On, uh, she reprises her role uh, for, I think, one, for one episode in the Golden Palace. Uh, she's also in Key Exchange. Uh, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, she plays Mrs. Axelrod for one episode in the 2000 uh, series there. Uh, the receptionist at the sperm bank is played by Kelly Ann Kahn. Uh, known for Remington Steel, Riptide, Skyward Christmas, uh, and a show called Santa Barbara. She appears in 45 episodes of that as Wanda Burkowski. Uh, she also had a prominent role, it appears, in, I don't know if you've ever watched this show, uh, a show called Rocky Road from 1985. Uh, nope. Okay. She appears in 71 episodes of that as Susie Quartermain. Okay. Yeah. And lastly, Dr. Manning, there the sperm bank doctor, is played by James Staley, known for National Lampoon's Vacation. He plays the motel desk clerk in that. Also, Assassination, Protocol, and American Dreamer. Uh, so that's all of our side characters. No new sex partners established, so the tally still stands. Blanche, 74, Dorothy, 9, Rose, 6, and Sophia, 5. I don't think I have any other notes I haven't brought up yet. Uh, well, actually, briefly, I do. So Rose is telling the St. Olaf story that is very obviously about a man masturbating a cow. Yes. That's all I had to say about it. That's oh. what her story was about, because she didn't really get to tell it. But no, she didn't get to tell she it. She was telling about a man masturbating a cow. Yes. Which I'm no expert in, like, how to extract semen from animals for, you know, that. I don't yeah. know if that's the method that is used, but... Rose should know. Right. I If that is the method, that's um, a bit uh, shoddy, I would think, but I don't know. I don't know enough about that to, to comment, really. i just like to point out that's what her story was about. And I'd also like to point out, once again, Dorothy casually mentions that she was raped in this episode, once again. Yes, she does. Yes. All right. Uh, what else do you have for us to discuss? Well, we've discussed a lot of this already. Okay. The one thing I will bring up is Rose was telling about how each of her children were conceived, she knows the exact day and basically the time because they were all conceived on special St. Olaf holidays. Okay. Now, my question is, back a few episodes ago, probably a few more than I'm thinking, but anyway, way back. 
Season Rose one or two, I think. Charlie have like sex seven hours, you know, five hours mm-hmm. every night, two hours every morning. Uh, right. Every single. How in the right. world does she know the day she conceived each of these right. kids? Now, as I would like to point out once again, as I'm sure I did in that episode, if we are to believe Rose that her and Charlie did this, there is no possible way. They were engaging in activity that could have resulted in a child for the vast majority of that time. There Thank is you. no physical way Thank that you. would have been possible. So that would be one point in Rose's favor of knowing when, of going, well, that was the only time he was penetrating me, so it had to have been then, because the rest of the time we were doing other things. Other things, okay, maybe, okay. That would be the first thing. Uh, all righty. But now, I, I will also say, that, so. I will also say, according to uh, the American Pregnancy Association, they do state that uh, the exact date of conception is very hard to nearly impossible to calculate. Thank you. And that's today. I assume that was your next point. Well, that's today, basically. Right. Back in the 60s or something, I would have... It'd be almost impossible. Well, again, I guess it would but, have to have been that was the only time possible because that's the only time we were having penetrated vaginal intercourse. That's was certainly that day the, at that time. That's the easiest way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't had sex but one time in a year, so I think that's the day I conceived. Well, right. you could go that way, or in their case, that's okay. the only time we were engaging in intercourse that could have possibly resulted in a pregnancy because everything else we were doing... Physically would not have been able All right. to. To end this episode, uh, my kitchen observation, which I haven't mentioned this season yet, but here I'm going to. Uh, in this episode, they start with a very another very colorful leafy type tablecloth, with orange and green being the dominant colors, but and the cloth seems to be faded. In scene three, we have changed to a very leafy, mostly green tablecloth. And then in scene five, we have changed again, which is almost like the first tablecloth, except this one's a lot brighter and it's not faded at all. So in the course of this episode, we have three different tablecloths. Kind of strange for me. Well, in this episode, it's supposed to take over the course of like, what, like two days? Three uh, days, maybe? I think Becky once said she was there for a week or something, so. Well, that was before the episode, right, though? She had already well, been there for a the week. Episodes, well, we don't know because they spent the whole night talking. Then the next time we see Becky, she says that it's been it's already a been week. a week. Okay. We don't know exactly when that week occurred. Okay. Uh, I have no counts. Wow. On this one. Uh, so my series counts: weddings, planned weddings, nine. Saint Olaf. Uh, physical abuses arose 11, St. Olaf stories 29, picture stories 21, cheesecakes eaten 15, Sicily Italian stories 8, Sicily Italian references 45, 17 times the girls might at each other moving out, 27 sports 30 games, and 13 Stanley's the Bornack appearances. By rating, I thought this was funny in parts, some weird inconsistencies, but nothing major for a sitcom, and... The secondary secondary storyline of Sophia's physical is mostly non-existent, non-existent basically. basically. And I gave this one an 80 out of 100. 
All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps, the Golden Girls. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until that next episode, goodbye.